What is going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you on a Tuesday evening as Los Angeles Clippers get ready to take on the Golden State Warriors after knocking off the Utah Jazz 121-114. to Things were looking good for the Clippers, you know, even though there was no Paul George, the Clippers still had Kawhi Leonard. They picked up a win over Utah, who was in first place. Things were looking great. And then it's just another day in Clipperland where another injury strikes, where Kawhi Leonard now is out for tomorrow's game with a sprained ankle. And I figure we got to have a pod and we got to talk to one of my guys who is truly on the inside, follows this team all the time, does a great job for Clutch Points. You see him at ClutchPoints.com on the app. You really see all the content that he's churning out as well, doing a great job there. At Tomer Azarly on Twitter, T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y. And I guess we can call him a mediocre fantasy football player as well, as he's uh, soliciting advice on oh, Sunday. Oh, you were so great to begin with that intro and then just had to hammer it down. Uh, no, nothing makes me Well, happier. I mean, you, you keep me level. You keep me level. That's fine. That's okay. That's all right. Listen, no, no, <laughs> nothing gives me more glee than seeing your uh, soliciting advice tweets on a Sunday where if I'm struggling and, and usually you and I have the same dudes that are just like, all right, great. Like I think Mike Williams at one point we were both rooting for and he did nothing. And then uh, whoever, I benched Josh Palmer this past week for Mike Williams. <laughs> I benched Josh Palmer as well this week. So that was delightful. And then I think it was true. Did you face Travis Kelsey this week or who was it that kept scoring and getting uh, yards that was killing you on Sunday? I think it was Sunday. Um, uh, I think it last, I think it went against uh Camaro one of the weeks that he had or Derrick Henry maybe he had yeah, like a multiple yeah. touchdown games yeah yeah good, good times brutal. I'm right there I'm under 500 in both leagues as well so it <laughs> happens I'm a mediocre fantasy football player as well but yes Tomer Azarly the great is back on the pod Tomer how are you man I'm great Brendan thanks for having me uh, all good um you know just we're about a month just over a month in, in, into the season now so just you know taking this thing kind of day to day um, considering how much is going on and covering this team yeah. on the court and off the court. So other than that, everything's been good. Uh, just I'm trying to stay busy, which hasn't been a problem. But yeah, just, just staying busy, really. You brought up, some video games here and there, but yeah. You, yeah. Of course. You brought up something interesting there, and you talk about the team keeping you busy. Has it been enjoyable covering a team that has high expectations but just can't seem to keep anybody <clears> on the floor? 
Um, I didn't hear the tail end of your question. That can't seem to be what. Uh, is it enjoyable to see for a team to follow a team and keep track of a team and you know write about a team that just has these high expectations? And you're hoping to have great things to write about, but it seems like all you're writing about is injuries. Like that is that take is that putting a damper on things for you? Uh, I mean, in a way, yeah. Um, the 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 the, the things that. The thing that is kind of, you know, on everyone's side here is that it's early. It's still November and mm-hmm. there's not really, if it's not a serious injury, it's not really cause for concern like that. I think Kawhi obviously dealing with an ankle sprain is annoying. Uh, PG sounds like his hamstring injury is, is, is not serious either, just like Kawhi's ankle. So I think obviously Kawhi's knee is the more concerning thing. And we saw him miss about, I think, three weeks with that. But it sounded like it, it, sounded like it was more of a management um, getting him more, maybe in better shape, I would say, to play, uh, getting his knee more conditioned to play heavier, you know, more minutes in a short period of time. So um, it's still early, so I don't think it's put a damper on anything. I think it's been, it's been fun to see uh, John Wall look, you know, at times look rejuvenated and other times looked a little, you know, out of sorts, too out of control. Reggie, I mean, you've seen the, high, the highs and lows of him, so um, we've seen a lot of highs recently, but I think this, this team has been fun to cover. I, I really enjoy, you know, covering this team. I don't think it's uh, anything to put a damper on. I mean, if, if we're t- if we're having this discussion again, maybe in March, I'd probably say, yeah, it's a bit of a damper heading into the postseason. But I think there's so much time still left. Um, yeah, and the guys are, are, you know, usually media friendly as well. So it's, it's not like it's been hard at all. They're all pretty open. So I, I really enjoyed it so far. I mean, obviously, you wish they were healthy. Yeah. But uh, I can't say it's been a damper. I guess also it's just the product on the court is not quite what it could have been uh, so far. I think it's probably right. the frustrating thing as a, from a fan's perspective. And you bring up a good point. I mean, you've been able to see other guys step up. And we'll talk a little bit about Norm Powell and John Wall and Reggie Jackson in a little bit. But when you look at Paul George, you look at Kawhi Leonard, and yesterday in the post game, I believe it was Law, that asked Kawhi, or asked Ty Lue about Kawhi and Ty's man like man you guys really catch everything he, I think he's fine and then Kawhi even said post game to you guys yeah it's nothing I'll be fine and then it pops up that he's going to be on the injury report he's not even questionable for tomorrow like they're not taking any risks do you feel like this team with any sort of injury is just saying nope nope not at all we're not testing it or you're you are out. If you are not a hundred percent healthy, there is no way you're playing. We are going to do whatever possible to make sure that these injuries do not get worse by playing on them. Instead, we'd rather have you guys be out. We have a deep team. We don't care about what seed we are in the playoffs. We just want to make the playoffs and have both Kawhi and PG healthy. Does it feel like that's where we're going right now with these two? Because PG said that his hamstring thing to be or at least the media is reporting that his hamstring is minor and Kawhi said himself yesterday that he didn't think it was anything but I don't think he would say it's something major if it was something major but nonetheless does it feel like that's what's happening with the Clippers that they're really taking it with major kid gloves here and they're not doing anything to possibly risk further injury well I think when you have a guy like Kawhi who deals with with a lot of you know a history of kind of lower extremity injuries uh, you do have to play it safer than yeah. you would with, with most other guys. Um, I think PG has had his history of hamstring injuries, especially his first year here. Uh, and I think it wasn't just a simple hamstring injury. They're listing it as a tendon strain. So I'm not sure how different that is from a, you know, a regular hamstring strain. But uh, anytime you hear kind of details like that, you want to be a little more cautious. So 
Um, I don't know that it's 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 being overly cautious. I mean, Reggie Jackson's been limping a few games now, and it's more just a, a pain tolerance type of thing that he has to play through. Uh, I think he got his, he got his knee bumped uh, early in the year. He got his he suffered a, a minor groin injury that I think he's I think he's missed maybe one if if any games at all. Actually, I'm not sure about that one, but um, you know, John Walls is on a pretty strict minutes restriction. Uh, and, and workload restriction right now, no back-to-backs for him. So I, I think it just it, it kind of is case by case. I think Luke Kennard obviously had his weird chest thing, and now he has the calf strain, so they're playing it super safe with him because you know that that injury could turn into something much worse. So I think it, it, it's kind of just case by case, uh, but especially when it comes to Kawhi and PG, I mean, you want to be extremely careful. Those two are your, the guys that you absolutely need for um, April, May, and June. So I think it makes sense to be – extra careful with those guys and, and see if they can, you know, at least get there healthy. Uh, and again, this is so early. It's November. You, you don't need guys to play a random Wednesday pre Thanksgiving game. If he doesn't need to, or if he's not feeling hundred percent, I just don't think there's any need to risk it. Uh, I know it's, it definitely is frustrating not to have these guys healthy and available, but um, if the alternative is potentially having this, you know, keep them fresher and healthier for April, and and so on, and I think you take that. I think it's hard to see beyond just this week, considering we've maybe seen a healthy roster for three games, yeah. if that. I don't even know if it is that, um, that many. I think we had the we had opening night. Uh, we had <laughs> excuse me, uh, the the Suns game. That's two, and the last two games. So that well, actually, Luke's missed. So it may, it may have been two actually because yeah. Luke missed the last two games as well. So. It might have been just those first two games we started the year, so we really haven't seen this team. So I know that part is frustrating, but I think when you when you when you think about the potential to have this team healthy for you know April and beyond, uh, you just gotta you have to just take the risk, not take the risk, but play it safe. I would say and and, and hope that they'll stay healthy down the line. Yeah, and now they've won three in a row. They've won four of their last five, and it, it's crazy to look at the standings and see that they're half a game behind first place. I mean, they've played more games. Then everybody basically they're eleven and seven. They played eighteen games, and if you look just one spot up or one spot below them, the Kings nine and six. And we're recording this game as uh, that game's wrapping up. And so you look at those two teams, and they haven't played even close to the same amount of games. And the Clippers had a soft schedule to start. We knew that was going to be the case. They had to take advantage, and they have. But it's just one of those things with this injury thing that the media before the season, not the Clippers media, the overall national media, whenever people brought up the Clippers, they said, I don't know if we can really count them as a title favorite. Some would say, yeah, they are. But at the same time, others would be like, I don't know because this team just can't stay healthy. And fans, myself included, were saying, yeah, but you've got to keep the Clippers there. I mean, you have to account for them being healthy. You can't, you don't do that with the Phoenix Suns or the Utah Jazz saying if they're healthy, then If they're not healthy, then who knows what's going to happen. If they're healthy, then this is where they're going to be. But it really does feel like it has gone to that point, Tomer, where they're right. The Clippers just cannot stay healthy. And I don't know if we can consider this team a title favorite until we actually see these guys play on the court for longer than two games. Do you think that's fair or is it unfair? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've never seen a team – I mean – Health obviously is the biggest factor for a lot of teams, but I've never seen a team just have to deal with so much of that uncertainty injury-wise like the Clippers have. Um, I think you know the last couple of champions. If you look, the last couple of champions. If you look at them, the 
to the Warriors uh, first year they were healthy. Once KD went out, then he left. Um, like those guys all stayed relatively healthy in their careers. I think you know maybe the Cavs in 2015 were the last ones there to deal with it, but Kyrie kind of dealt with injuries. Kevin Love dealt with injuries. Um, uh, I, yeah, it's it's really it really is is just um, absolute make or break because they have the depth, but I don't think you you can really win without uh, a Kawhi or a Paul George. So uh, I mean I've said this on multiple um, podcasts or segments that I've done before the season. I think they're the favorite as long as they stay healthy, but um, it, it, it's a major if because they they ha- they haven't proven that they can stay healthy. Yeah. So I think any criticism in that direction is absolutely fair. I don't think you can um, ignore that part. I think when healthy, if healthy, they're certainly the team to beat in the West. Um, I think we've seen glimpses of what they can be when they're healthy, but again, that's just a significant major if and, and when. So I, I don't really know. I mean, even even Ty Lue yesterday, we asked him, like, well, how do you kind of, uh, we're almost at the quarter way of the season, how do you kind of assess, if you can, this team and what they've done so far? And he's just like, you can't, can't do it. It's just, yeah. you, you can't because they haven't had, I mean, they've had their whole roster for two games, and those two of those games were the games that um, Ty Lue said were nasty because Kawhi had to come off the bench and they had to manage with, um, you know, not starting him and then bring him off the bench later on in the second quarter. So, like, these were just, I don't even know if you can get those games. When we talked to Ty, Ty was just like, he just shook his head in disgust because he hated those. Kawhi said it was dead after two games, and then he went to rest uh, for the for the last three weeks. So, like, I don't even know if you can take much away from those two games because Kawhi didn't start. So, like, through, what are they, 11 and 7, I want to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think you can even, I don't think you've got a good, really, grasp of what they can be. Um, and, and all the questions about them are fair. Like it or not, they, they haven't been able to stay healthy. They're, um, they're they're very injury prone. We knew this coming in, and and they've struggled to show it. But again, the good thing is that it's early, and there's a lot of time to to clean that up, get your body right, and um, try to try to get right. I would say. Yeah. The thing about this team is, not to go on too long, but like they don't have a lot of like like those physical injuries where you get hit or something, or you step on someone, roll your ankle. It's a lot of like weird move and you kind of just tweak something like the hamstring or, you know, Kawhi's knee obviously acting up. So they've had a lot of like kind of freak injuries, mm-hmm. uh, even PG's elbow last year, the Joe Ingles Kawhi thing a couple of years ago. Like those are just weird kind of freak injuries that we've seen. Uh, they're still injuries. You can't, you can't, you know, there's nothing you can do to really differentiate, but I will say, I think it is a little, a little, in, a little odd that they're not suffering it, you know, Maybe rolling an ankle on someone's foot, or taking a knee from someone, or an elbow, or something like that. It's it's kind of just been freak injuries for these guys. I mean, that's the Clipper way, and it just seems like they're <laughs> they're they're just jinxed in that way. And it's it's funny you say that there's still plenty of time because we said at the beginning of the season, Tomer, that all right, there's plenty of time. We just need to see Kawhi and PG get some time to acclimate. You know, by the end of the month, maybe the Kawhi will be starting and we'll be okay. We'll have plenty of time to evaluate the team. And now here we are as we get close to Thanksgiving and. PG is out. Kawhi is out. We have no idea how long both of them will be out. We can say that they're minor, but the Clippers are completely close to the vest when it comes with injuries. We have no idea how long each of those guys are going to be out. And here we are, 18 games in played. There's only 64 games left in the regular season. And Ty Lu needs to have some time to figure out rotations and figure out what works and what doesn't work. So, yeah, they're they're the favorite when healthy. But I think you got to also add one more thing to that, Tomer. They're 
the favorite when healthy and when Ty Lue has time to work with the team because you can't give him a full healthy roster in March. It's going to be too late at that point if they continue to suffer injuries. You mentioned Luke as well, who's been a key cog in what this team has done offensively. I mean, he was really good to start the season, getting into the paint and spraying, and he was attacking the hoop. He brought a new dimension to his game, and now here we are, where three of the Clippers' best scorers are out, and we don't know when they're going to return. And It certainly puts a very difficult... um, it makes it very difficult for Ty Lu and the job that he's got to do because he has to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And he's not being given that time right now because everyone's hurt. And you look and you see Reggie Jackson and John Wall. It's like, okay, how do they work together? How would they work with the stars? Well, we don't know how that's going to work and you need to find that time. That's the thing that concerns me, Tomer, is that we don't know what works and I don't know how much time we're going to get to figure out what a Clippers team that's healthy looks like. And I feel like we do need that time in order for them to have success. If you remember in 2019, I want to say it was uh, their first year. Kawhi uh, PG missed the beginning of the season with dual uh, shoulder surgery rehabs. I want to say he dealt with a hamstring injury later down the line. I think Kawhi was, was significantly limited on the back to backs. Uh, and they didn't really find their stride until, like, I want to say late February, post-All-Star, early March is when they kind of started to find their groove. And then COVID hit. Um, last year, I thought, you know, when they were healthy, they were really able to – not last year, excuse me. Uh, two years ago, after the bubble, they were really able to show what they could do when healthy. So, again, I, th- I think, th- again, you can't give it to them. You can't give Ty Lue a healthy team in March and say figure it out. That does feel a little too late, but I think – if you can start to pick things, put things together by the All-Star break, um, you know, heading into the All-Star break, even coming out of the All-Star break, they have a lot of, they have a lot of, pl- they have a lot of practice time in March and, and, and late February. They have a lot of practice time. They have that in their kind of uh, availability. So um, it'll just come down to stay healthy at the end of the day. Like they have to yeah. be healthy at the right time. Um, if they're not, it, I, again, I've never seen a team have this level of. If you know if they're healthy, they, they can really win it all. Um, I think because they have so many injury-prone guys and so many different nagging injuries that happen to them, um, it, it just really is just really is up in the air. It's it's really up 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 in the air about that. So I don't think uh, I don't think they can stay healthy. I think it'd be really fun to just watch what they could potentially do. Mm-hmm. Like if they're healthy and losing the playoffs, that's fine. Um, well, fine, but I think it, you could you could at least say all right, they were healthy and they they were able to put things together. But um, the last couple of years, we haven't even even being able to see this team healthy. I, I fully believe this team was headed towards a finals run uh, in 2021 when they faced the Suns. If Kawhi is there, I think they beat him in like five or six. Yeah, I think they play, uh, They beat so, the Suns and they play yeah. against the Bucks, and who knows what happens there. And you, you just never know with these types of things. And you just hope uh, – you bring up a good point. I don't right. know if we've ever seen a team like this that's had a couple of stars that have been so injury-prone and a team that has – real title hopes but we just don't see them on the floor i don't i can't remember any nba team i mean you look at the teams of the 2000s and going forward and steph curry obviously has had his injuries but when he's been hurt the warriors generally struggle and you you just don't see that at all you don't have really see that they have a chance but the clippers they have this deep team that's still keeping them a half a game back behind first place it it's a really odd phenomenon to watch the clippers 
with this team and wonder what could be. And we still haven't really found out what they can be because we haven't seen any lineup yet with Kawhi starting and PG starting and Kennard healthy. They've had zero games with all of those things clicking on the same uh, cylinder. It's been, it's difficult to watch, but we'll see what happens. Uh, But let's talk about the guys that are available because we can talk about PG and Kawhi until the cows come home, but who knows when they're going to be on the floor. And one guy that I think Clippers fans were really excited about last year was Norm Powell. And he started off very slowly this year. Curious because you get a chance to watch him at all the home games. What are you seeing from Norm recently that has lifted his play? Because he seems to be a completely different player now than he is to start, that he was to start the season. Is it really just about the fact that he didn't really know what his role was and perhaps that was part of it and now he seems a little more comfortable and knows what he needs to do? I mean, I think I think it was maybe about two weeks ago uh, when they came back from the or before the Houston Dallas trip. I want to say, but um, Ty Ty said he, he sat down with Norman and kind of admitted that he has to do a better job of getting him, putting him in better spots, um, you know, putting him in better lineups to succeed and all that kind of thing. So I think we've seen that the last couple of weeks. Um, Norm has been uh, pretty phenomenal. Um, I would say the last couple of weeks coming off the bench. Uh, he's, t- he's taken on that role that Ty has asked him to. When when Kawhi and PG are healthy, he'll come off as a sixth man. Uh, he's really been good for them. Uh, I, I want to say in the last um, last three games, he's averaging 23 points on 62% shooting. Uh, if you want to go back to the last, what is this, eight games, he's averaging 18 points on 53%, 52% shooting and 45 from three. So uh, really, really, he's been, he's been really good for them. Uh, to that Dallas game where he had five points on the road it was kind of the, the only tough matchup that he had. But he's been really good for them off the bench so far. And I think Ty's, Ty's really just committed to, to getting him in better lineups and better positions to succeed. Um, I think he also was just uncharacteristically off to start the year. Uh, and that's probably just something that everyone goes through. The Clippers just happened to go through it at the start of the year. Um we saw him getting a ton of good looks. I mean, he was shooting two of seven from three, oh of five, oh of two. Like these are just not normal for normal. I mean, he had a game where he shot four of seven from the free throw line, and he's usually a very, very good free throw shooter. So, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, it was just a very off, off start to the year. Um, but you know, he had those that game in OKC. I think he had the New Orleans game where he played well. I think that's when you kind of started to find, see him find a rhythm, uh, and he's going to be super important to them with Kawhi or without Kawhi. Um, you know, sixth man of the year is kind of what uh, what Ty Lue wants him to to go after. Uh, Norm said he kind of, you know, at the beginning of the year, I think he took a lot of people by surprise by saying he wants to be a starter, wants to be an all-star, all this. But, um, you know, think about it from a player's perspective, that's that you have to aim high. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to succeed. So, um, you know, he's kind of said yesterday that he kind of, he's kind of th- not throwing away, but like putting personal accolades aside and focusing on the six-man role where he can, um, you know, help the team most. And I think you're seeing it so far. I mean, he's got 26, 30 in back-to-back games. Uh, 18 points over the last eight on 53% shooting is, is pretty much what, you, what you'd what want from him. Efficiency is pretty high. So um, I, I think the belief in him has always been there. It's just uh, It's just about getting out of whatever shooting slump is there and, and finally starting to knock down shots. Cause he's been, he's been getting fantastic looks. Yeah. But, uh, and, just hasn't been able to knock them all down. I think w- one of the biggest things is his ability to get to the free throw line has been very impressive. Yeah. Uh, 
over the last eight games, four of them he's averaged. He's had uh, at least seven free throws. One of them he had nine. So he's been really good at getting downhill, getting to the free throw line, and putting pressure on the rim, which is something the Clippers have lacked outside of John Wall. So that's also a very positive sign. I'm glad you brought up that number because if you look at his free throw attempts, what he's averaging so far this season, he's at 3.3 free throw attempts. And you just mentioned that number seven. Last year, he averaged seven free throw attempts with the Clippers um, in those five games that he played for the Clippers. And don't forget that he averaged 21.5 points per game when he was healthy for L.A. last year. And three rebounds and three assists, and he shot damn near 51% from the field and was a great three-point shooter as well. He shot over 54% from three during the regular season last year for the Clippers. And you brought up those numbers recently, averaging 23 points per game. Well, he's back to close to where he was last year. So it seems like we can put the beginning of the season behind us and now Norm Powell is that dude that we saw last year in a Clippers uniform that is aggressive, is confident. And I think part of the reason that the success is continuing is that Ty Lue is sticking to his guns and having him come off the bench because he very well could put him in the starting lineup right now with all these injuries. And he hasn't done that. He wants to keep him in that role. And that goes back to what we were talking about with PG and Kawhi Tomer is that you don't really know what everyone's role is supposed to be when those two guys keep coming in and out of the lineup. But what Ty Lue is doing, the one thing he can be consistent with, is he can be consistent with Norm Powell continuing to be that guy that comes off the bench as opposed to the starter and see how that works with the Clippers team. And so far, it's been successful. So I I think there has to be some kudos that goes to Ty Lue for what he's been doing with Norm Powell and, and the role that he has now. Yeah, I mean, certainly, I think I think it was it was only a matter of time. Again, assuming health, that no one would have to come off the bench. Uh, I think I think there was uh, there was a small contingent of fans, and you know, even I had discussions with some people about like, could Norm potentially start a point guard, or could yeah. they go small with like a uh, like Reggie Norm, PG Marcus, PG Kawhi, and Zoo. Um, but ultimately, yeah, the, the best role for him, in my opinion, was always a six man role where where one of Kawhi and PG sits and whether limited or whatever foul trouble whatever it might be uh you got a nice little you know 18 to 23 point score coming off the bench uh was efficient get can get to the line do everything that they do um probably i'd say i'd say on a on a similar level maybe not as high but on, on, on a close level um so i mean he's been fantastic for them i mean he's third leading score right behind marcus morris has been fantastic to start the year um he's getting to the free throw line to the, you know the third highest um Rate on the team right now. Um, the percentages, you know, still not great, but I think they're climbing. He's at thirty-five percent of three on the year, forty-six from the field, which um, I think is still good considering how bad he started the year shooting. So um, he'll take it. I think guys will start. Guys will continue to figure it out. Just got to stay healthy, and um, over time, it'll it'll kind of sort itself out. So yeah, you, um, you, I think they definitely credit Ty Lue for committing to bringing Norm off the bench and getting him ready for this role already instead of waiting for it you just look at october versus november and october 37.7 percent from the field he's at 51.8 this month from three 22.6 in november 43.9 this month you mentioned the free throw 64.7 in october 86 percent this month so clearly he's he's taken the leap what's interesting about norm powell is that 
he scores and he does it quickly. I mean, he doesn't need to play a large amount of minutes in order to get the points. Yesterday, he played 28 minutes to get those 30 points. He played 31 minutes the game before that to get 26. And you look up and down the month, he got 18 points in 24 minutes. He got 17 points in 28 minutes and 23 minutes. Um, he got another 17-point game. So he's doing it quickly and efficiently. And that that's always been the MO with Norm Powell is that he's a pretty efficient shooter for someone that's a guard. And it seems like he has turned the corner. Now, the question is, what's happened with Reggie Jackson? Because he's been another one that as Norm Powell has gone, it seems like Reggie Jackson has gone as well. And that's another player that started the season really poorly. And all of a sudden, he has picked it up where... He's become a very efficient scorer. You look at last game, 10 of 20 from the field, 8 of 11 the game before that, 7 of 12 before that um, against Houston two games before, 7 for 11. He's shooting 51.7 this month. He was at 34.7 in October from 342.6 this month. He was at 25.8 in October. I mean, what, what have you seen from him that has changed? Because it seems like as Norm Powell has gotten better, Reggie Jackson has gotten better. So why is it that both of them seem to be having much better months? Is it, again, a defined role, or is it something else? Well, on Reggie's part, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit health-related. He'll never say it. Um, but, you know, there was that. I want to say it was the Utah-Cleveland back-to-back. Yeah. Yeah, it was Utah-Cleveland, where Utah, where I think Reggie took a knee from someone, um... I want to say it was Nikhil Alexander Walker. I'm not sure. Took a knee, dribbling down the right sideline, the, the, the right sideline, and got bumped and just fell. And uh, he played an extra minute or two, but then he, he we left the game and did not return uh, with with the knee injury. Granted, I think they were they were losing that game. I they they yeah I think they lost that game. But Reggie never came back, and he was in the back limping uh, pretty heavily, in my opinion. And so we're like, all right, so you know, John is. Resting on the second night of back-to-back, Reggie's probably not going to play, so uh, we'll see what they do with point guard. Reggie said, I asked him about this, he said he had heating pads and some kind of like massage thing throughout the entire night all the way to the next morning when he got to a shoot-around or the, the, in the morning. Um, he was sleeping with that on the entire time, the heating pad and massage thing, and he ended up suiting up that night against the Cavs, and I think um, he's just a trooper. He's a guy who's um, going to fight through any injury to, possible to play. And um, I think you're just starting to see him say, uh, play healthy. Uh, I talked to Kawhi when I asked Kawhi yesterday. I said, you know, "What do you attribute Reggie's um, kind of you know, jump back to?" And he said, "It just looks like Reggie's having a lot more fun now. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like he's he's really enjoying the game and, and playing loose. And that's something that I think if you've watched Reggie, Reggie has always been kind of key to his game is having fun and, and keeping it light and just going out there and putting on a show. So." Um, I think that's that. Those are probably two of the keys that he's gotten healthy and he's he's kind of just having fun again. And this is a guy in Reggie Jackson that has been critical to the Clippers whenever PG and Kawhi have been out. I mean, he has really been someone that the Clippers have been able to rely on to score the basketball. I mean, there was a large stretch last year where he was very important to what the Clippers did offensively. I mean, you look at what he did last year in total. And he averaged close to 17 points per game. And he had not averaged that many points since the 15-16 season with Detroit. So he he went in the way back machine last year. And he wasn't all that efficient. He shot 39%, which 
which wasn't great, but he's someone that's going to take a high volume of shots when there's no Kawhi and no PG. And so you're going to assume his field goal percentage may not be great, but he's up to 45% this year with what he's been doing this month. And it's been interesting to see Tomer, how he's been able to, I guess, continue to keep that confidence because he's been someone that has had his ups and downs and for him to continue to be that great player the Clippers have had and that Mr. June and the guy that's smiling like you said I mean the Clippers need him to be really good and we've talked about on this pod how Zoo is probably the third most important Clipper behind Kawhi and PG but you can make a case for in order for the team to win games now with those two guys hurt Reggie Jackson has to be really damn good and he has to be scoring the basketball because this team, apart from Norm Powell, doesn't have a ton of guys. I mean, Marcus Morris probably is the third that can really score the basketball and win you games because, I mean, yes, the defense is important, but you got to get points on the board. And Reggie Jackson, along with Marcus Morris and Norm Powell, seem to be the three guys that the Clippers need to do well. So to see him doing well. It's it's great to see, and it's odd, though, that the Clippers are relying on a guy that's 32 years old and Reggie Jackson and a veteran to lead them, but that's kind of where they are, Tomer. Yeah, I mean, not, not much you can really say about that other than it is what it is. I mean, they, they've prepped this roster for Kawhi and slash or PG to miss games. Yeah. I think we both knew they were they were not going to stay healthy this year. That's just, that's just a reality of what their careers have been. They haven't been able to stay healthy, unfortunately. So uh, I think this team has, you know, put together a pretty well-rounded roster to be able to hold off <clears throat> any injuries offensively and defensively. I mean, Luke is probably a guy you really don't want to miss um, too much time because he he really offers a lot of spacing and, and, and the threat is a three-point shooter. And I've been really impressed with Luke's like ability to get to the basket too. So yeah. Um, so like Reggie's obviously not a guy you want to rely on like he did last year. Um, it it it, it kind of led to an inefficient year, although he he was. Absolutely, in my opinion, they're kind of unquestioned number one, uh, with Marcus being kind of their, their number two. So the, the, those two are just not fit, in my opinion, just to be number ones, though. I, I don't think you can rely on them for long stretches, you know, 10, 12, 15 games to be your number one. Beyond that, you're probably looking at a you know significant drop in efficiency, uh, injury concerns probably being raised. So um, hopefully this PG and Kawhi thing isn't, you know, uh, something that's going to hold them out for too long uh, because they do have a bit of a road trip coming up here and there. Not too long, but they do have some road trips coming up in December. Uh, and you're going to want as many guys healthy as possible. Um, I understand, obviously, you want to play it safe and make sure that those guys take their time and, and come back at 100% or close to 100%. But at the same time, you, you I, I think there's, you know, there definitely should be some, you know, concern about having to overwork guys like Reggie or uh, Marcus. Yeah. Or <clears throat> some of those other guys. So. Yeah, because Marcus has uh, dealt with injuries himself, Tomer. I mean, he, he's another guy that we saw in and out of the lineup last year. And Marcus Morris is a guy that the Clippers need to score. And you look at what Powell and Reggie did last night, 20 of 35 from the field. I mean, that, that's not sustainable. And it, it do, right. certainly feels like if one of those three guys, Morris, Powell, or Reggie have a really bad shooting game. I don't think the Clippers can win a basketball game with the, with one of those three doing poorly. You put yourself in a really tough space with no Kawhi and no PG. I mean, before you had Kawhi yesterday, and sure, he didn't shoot that well, but just his presence is so big. He was a plus 12 in a game the Clippers won by seven. 
and it just feels like you need those three guys to shoot pretty well now, and you can't have one of those five for twenty type games that we can see from Reggie Jackson. And Norm Powell's obviously struggled to start the season. It seems like their margin for error now is very slim. Would you agree with that? I mean, certainly, but I, I do think the addition of Norm makes it a lot easier to, to, to withstand the absences. A healthy a healthy Marcus is, helps. Uh, John Wall helps as a guy who can ball handle. And I, I know Ty likes to play those two-guard lineups with Reggie as the catch-and-shoot guy, the shooting guard. And John Wall is the guy who's the, the playmaker, the, the primary point guard. So, um, you know, Amir Coffey's looked really good in, in his minutes uh, this season. Really been, um, if he's in there, he's making an impact. He did that yesterday. Uh, Haven't had a huge clutch buckets and free throws in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Robert Covington is a guy that's sitting there waiting, but, you know, they can bring him out at any time because uh, you know what you have in him. Uh, I think Terrence Mann has seen a bit of a resurgence. I would say... It, it kind of coincided with, with um, Robert Covington uh, getting COVID a few weeks ago. You know, Terrence was thrust in the, into the lineup and um, has seemed to regain some of the old form that he had as a as a you know energy guy, a, a playmaker, a slasher. So um, that's been really good to see. So I, 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 as much as the injuries do suck, I think they do have the weapons capable. Um, again, not for a not for a long period of time, not like a twenty game period without Kawhi or PG, but. They do have the guys to withstand here and there um, the injuries to Kawhi and PG. But, again, you, you don't want to have to overwork some of these guys. Um, so there's just a lot going their way in terms of it being early in the year, so I will say that. But um, I think I really want to see what Terrence and, and Amir and those kind of guys can do under some bigger minutes because they've been really good for the most part uh, yeah. when they've played. I know Terrence had a few, I just want to say a few rough games really, but, again, he's a guy who's, been playing all five positions, being asked to play all five positions, and hasn't really been able to um, figure that out until the last couple of weeks. So, um, if they need to miss time, I think that they're able to um, kind of withstand that. And Amir was great last year when, when he was called upon, and when the Clippers were really shorthanded, he was very good. And so now he gets a chance, along with Terrence, to see what they can do. And you brought up Robert Covington, so let's wrap up on that um, and close out the podcast talking about Rocco because he has been a guy that. We've seen this before with Ty Lu, Tomer. We've seen it where guys will sit out for a larger period and be that DMPCD. And for Rocco, who we expected to be a really important part of what this team would do this year as that small ball five and the ability for him to guard multiple positions and spread the floor and be great defensively, we expected him to play a large role, but that has not been the case. But it sure seems like we're going to see him come right back in the rotation now that PG and Kawhi and Luke Kennard are both out. I think that's going to be something that's going to benefit the Clippers is for A, him to get minutes because he wasn't getting minutes before, and it's good to have these guys get minutes because like we saw last year when Amir Coffey got those minutes when he was called upon later on, he we knew what to expect from him, and he was used to being in the flow of the offense. And now I think with Rocco, with how many injuries this team has sustained, so far this season, it gets him ready for later on. And also on the other side of it, Ty Lewis prepared these guys and he has done such a good job coaching them and speaking to them as just a young player to a young player type of thing. I mean, he talked about that on JJ Reddick's podcast where he said that it's certainly beneficial for him to be a younger guy where he can relate to these players. And I think that's going to be 
beneficial to the Clippers here where I think Rocco is going to come in and I don't think he's going to skip a beat. What are you expecting from Rocco? Because I'm assuming that you agree with me that he's going to come back into the rotation now. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Oh, I, wow. Okay. I, I initially thought that I initially thought that he would play more with some of the injuries, but it seems like Ty is really insisting on we know what we have in Rocco at any given time, and we want to get our other guys in rhythm. Um, I think the, the role that Rogo has been asked has been be a defender, um, knock down shots. Being able, you, I think you can rely on him for that. Uh, he, he mostly will play the five and possibly the four, and I think he's been in the league long enough to know that position. So um, I, I think Ty has really just prioritized finding the rhythm and role specifically for uh, Terrence, uh, for Norm, allowing Terrence to to, uh, to uh, allowing Reggie and Wall to play together at, at times and figure out figure that out. Um, I, I think Nico Batum has been pretty limited, so we might see. I, I guess I, I I mean I could see a stretch where Rocco comes in. I just think that for now Ty's just happy with 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 what they have for now. I think there will be a point where Nico will be a little out of the rotation while Rocco kind of takes over and they kind of switch it up there. Um, but like Rocco's been the ultimate professional. He's been he's been. I, I don't know that he's been taking it well, but he's been super professional with us in the back. Um, you know, he's the first one standing, clapping. He's always there, uh, supporting his guys. So, um, like, there's never a question about that. And I think uh, he's a guy that when they when they need him, he'll be ready. I think Ty's just looking at other guys to get into rhythm, guys who haven't been doing this as long, um, like the younger players. So, um, we could see Rocco. I don't know that we'll see Rogo over the next couple of games, but I, I think um, what the, the way Ty that the way Ty runs his rotation, we could see him next game. I, no, no question. Uh, I just think for now, Ty's happy with what he has and wants to keep his guys going in a rhythm. Um, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see Rogo play. I just think he likes what he has for now, and maybe maybe in a few games or in, in a few weeks, it, it might change. I just think that without Paul George, without Kawhi, you're going to need him. I mean, you look at what the Clippers ran out yesterday against Utah. Defensively especially, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you take away Kawhi, and all of a sudden, I mean, Mook is not your defensive stalwart. Reggie Jackson's not. I mean, Terrence is fine. Batum is good, obviously. Powell is a decent guy defensively, but and Amir can, you know, he's long, but it just feels like in terms of the rebounding and the height. I mean, Powell doesn't have that height. Coffee, not as much. It just feels like you need someone in Rocco that can even be alongside Zoo um, to get you those rebounds. And I'm sure we'll see Moses Brown now um, with PG out as well and Kawhi. It really will be interesting to see how he does the rotation because yesterday there were nine guys that played, including Kawhi, and Robert Covington was not one of them. So you take away Kawhi and those 23 minutes he played yesterday, where do those 23 minutes go? I mean, is it 10 for Robert Covington and 12 for Moses Brown? Um, That I think will be interesting to see because you can't really push Nico past that 25 minutes or so that he played yesterday. And I don't think you want to play Norm Powell more than about 30 minutes or so. I mean, it's – I'm fascinated to see I will say I, I, I agree with you. I do think they need to play Rocco. Um, I, I just don't know that Ty will, but I do think yeah. he's definitely someone you can use. Um, defensively, his versatility, I 100% think he's someone you can use. I just don't know if Ty is looking at that right now. But I agree with you. Everything you mentioned is uh, is a fantastic point with no PG, with no with no um, Kawhi, with um, you know, a shooter like, like Luke out. 
Um, I, you you need the defense. You need the three point shooting, in my opinion. Um, I also th- I mean I also thought you needed the last couple of games, and Roka didn't play those either. So um, it just seems like Ty's kind of writing his own thing, his own plan that he hasn't made, really made public or available to us. Um, and they'll kind of you know get Roko back in when they think it's you know necessary to when they feel like they're ready to. Let's assume but I just don't know when that time is. Let's assume Kawhi and PG are out for the next five games because that puts us at a week where they'll miss at Golden State on the twenty third. Yeah, tomorrow's the twenty third. The twenty fifth against Denver at home. The twenty seventh against Indiana at home. The twenty ninth at Portland, and then the thirtieth at Utah. Let's assume they miss all five of those games. What do you think is realistic for the Clippers? Because Golden State, Denver, Portland, Utah, Indiana, not not an easy schedule there. They can conceivably go like a one and four in that stretch. I mean, I think you'll obviously take three and two there, but what do you foresee for the Clippers? Let's assume Kawhi and PG don't play in those games. Uh, I will say, I will say two and three. I think they beat Indiana. Yeah. And I think they beat Portland. Um, I would have said um, Denver they could beat, but I saw Nicole Jokic came back from his uh, health and safety protocols tonight, so he'll, yeah. he'll play Friday. So yeah. I will say two and three is probably two and three is probably best case if I had to guess because I just <clears throat> I don't see them beating Utah in Utah on the second night of a back to back. Yeah, I don't see them beating um, a Denver team that will have probably the two best players on the court in Murray and. Um, and Jokic available, uh, assuming Kawhi and PG are not playing too. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I mean, I just don't see them beating the Warriors in Golden State. I mean, that team is terrible on the road, but they're they're a monster at home for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, I would guess two and three. Yeah, I think that's where I align with you too. Um, I think I'm at two and three. Tomara Zarley and Damian Lillard's supposed to miss that time, correct? He's supposed to miss that yeah, game, correct? Yeah, I'd be surprised if he comes weeks? back. Yeah, he he he's going to be reevaluated next one to two weeks, so he'll he'll be out for that one, right? Um, so it's just basically the okay. Simons yeah. and Jeremy Grant show there. So I I think I agree with you there, and it's tough though because if if they go two and three and they lose the games that you and I expect them to lose, that means they're going to lose the next two, and so they're going to have to rebound and get back into their winning ways against Indiana, though, which means that Sunday game against Indiana is very important um, for the Clippers right. to get right. back in the win column. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, man, it's it's tough when you don't have a healthy team. It's not easy to I mean, uh, figure the, out what's going to happen. The only good thing is that the rest of the West is very average. Yeah, I mean, no everyone, one has really figured every, it out. So, yeah, they're all within two I mean, games. I mean, Sacramento, who has now but won eight in, they won eight in a row, apparently. Yes, those seven in a row, excuse me. Yeah. Sacramento won seven in a row. Wow. Impressive. Yeah, they're 10 and 6. They're 10 and 6 now. And they, uh, I mean, you look at the West and you look at the 10 seed right now, and that's Minnesota, and they're two games back of Utah, who's the one. That's how close the Western Conference is right now. And we thought there were going to be teams that are going to really separate themselves by tanking, and that hasn't been the case. I mean, apart from Houston, who's 3 and 14, and apart from Detroit, who's 3 and 15, and Charlotte, who's 4 and 14, I mean, everybody is pretty much in it. Um, and especially the West, it's basically Houston and I mean, the Lakers are the Lakers, but it's, yeah, it's really close between one and 10, which allows you to have these hiccups here and to lose a couple of games and get back yep. into the win column, man, yep. Tomer, it's been great having you, man. Um, you can read Tomer at clutch points, um, the app, of course you have the website as well. Tomer's always churning out content there for the website, the app. 
doing social for not only the Clippers, but he's handling the entire website as well. Doing a great job there. So Tamara, always glad to have you. Anything else you want to promote? Um, yeah, obviously just follow me on, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm putting a lot of, uh, I'm trying out a lot of things on Instagram, putting out some, some more content out there. So cool. um, definitely feel free to check that out. And obviously, you know, my Twitter is, is what I do there. So, um, yeah, other than that, I just appreciate you having me on again, Brandon. It's been, it's been good to chat. Um, Hope you're well, and uh, yeah, I guess let's, let's do this again soon. You too, man. Ha- have a happy Thanksgiving, okay? Thank you. You as well, and to all the listeners as well. So if that's Tomara Zarli, at Tomara Azarli on Twitter. I'm at BD Marcus. Ethos Clippers, the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. You can rate and review the podcast on iTunes as well. A big thank you to you, the listeners, for following along. Grateful to all of you for listening to this podcast and downloading. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll be back after Thanksgiving. Until then, go Clips. Go Clips.